Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. Welcome, welcome everybody back to Faked, your favorite podcast all about fake things, counterfeit stuff, scams from around the world, and everything that kind of lies in between all that. So this episode's all going to be all about um, fake beer. So something that you didn't know was faked, but again, you know, that's what we always talk about. If you've listened to any of my podcast episodes, we go over things that you wouldn't even guess somebody could fake. But again, if there's money involved, somebody somewhere out there is faking it in order to make a really solid profit. So, all right. Anyways, we're going to talk about beer. So let's, you know, just like we always like to do, we talk about the history of beer, what makes it valuable, what made people want to end up faking it and what gives it value. So let's talk about when it first originated. So I guess it's uh, it's difficult to attribute the invention of beer to like a particular culture or kind of time period because a lot of people claim it. I mean, you go all around the world and say, this is where we first invented beer, um, which would be my best accent for those particular countries over there, uh, which I think is pretty good. But again, um, if you want to hear about fake accents, we have that uh, in... An episode. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, But anyways, let's get back to this. So the first fermented beverages likely emerged alongside the development of grain agriculture about 12,000 years ago. I guess as hunter-gatherer tribes uh, settled into agrarian civilizations kind of based around agriculture. Uh, So you got staple crops like wheat, rice, barley, maize. And then they probably stumbled upon the fermentation process and started brewing beer during that. So... A lot of anthropologists have argued uh, that these early people thirst for a brewed beverage that um, apparently contributed to the Neolithic Revolution by inspiring new agricultural technologies. There is a lot of cool um, like documentaries on this where they say like that beer basically invented everything like because people needed beer, so they needed to make things happen to make more beer, and uh, you know it's. Build it and they will come kind of thing. You know, if people want beer, they're going to build stuff in order to make more beer and better beer. So the earliest known alcoholic beverage may have been brewed around 7,000 BCE in China in the village of Jaihu, which this is kind of ironic because a lot of what we're going to be talking about today is Chinese fake beer. So apparently they started it and then they ended up faking it. So they probably got like... They probably got just more into rice stuff. So you got like soju, which I think's Korean. I don't think that's Chinese. Um, then you've got like rice wine. You've got all this different stuff, mead. So I guess um, Neolithic pottery shows evidence of a mead-type concoction made from rice, honey, and fruit. So the first barley beer was most likely born in the Middle East, where hard evidence of a beer production dates back about 5,000 years to the Sumerians of ancient Mesopotamia. So not only have archaeologists um, unearthed ceramic vessels from 3400 BC, still sticky with beer residue, mm, yummy, but the hymn to Ninkasi, which is an 1800 BC ode to the Sumerian goddess of beer, describes a recipe for a beloved ancient brew made by female priestesses. Hmm. So... 
We could see where it started, and we started becoming valuable. So they had gods of beer. Apparently, it was so valuable that there was a god of beer. I feel like that would be a good company, like a god of beer company, and they use an ancient Sumerian recipe. That would be crazy. I drink beer, and I don't even like beer. Okay, so these nutrient-rich suds were a cornerstone of the Sumerian diet and were likely a safer alternatives to drinking water from nearby rivers and canals, which were often contaminated by animal waste. So beer consumption also flourished under the Babylonian Empire, where its ancient set of laws, which was the Code of Hammurabi, decreed a daily beer, beer ration, uh, decreed a daily beer ration to the citizens. What a nice code! Um, so the drink was distributed according to social standing. So laborers received two liters a day while priests and administrators got five. That doesn't seem fair. That seems like the opposite. I feel like laborers, well, I guess, well, they couldn't be drunk. So I don't know. Um, so at the time, the drink was always unfiltered and cloudy. Then bitter sediment would gather at the bottom of the drinking vessels. And then special drinking straws were invented to avoid the muck. So they had, they used to drink beer through straws. Huh. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. That just looks weird. Beer through a straw? Crack open a cold one just to throw a plastic one down it? No thanks. Um, so few ancient cultures loved their beer as much as the ancient Egyptians. Workers along the Nile were often paid with an allotment of a nutritious sweet brew, and everyone went from pharaohs to peasants and even children drank beer as part of the everyday diet. So many of these ancient beers were flavored with unusual additives such as mandrake, dates, and olive oil. All those sound good. I don't know if I've ever had mandrake, though. I wonder what that tastes like. Okay, so more modern tasting libations um, would not arrive until the Middle Ages, where Christian monks and other artisan began brewing beers seasoned with hops. Okay, I'm going to have to look up what mandrake tastes like. Okay. Usually I don't do this. Usually I have everything in front of me. What does man Drake taste like? Um, sorry, I know you don't like to hear the clack. So apparently mandrakes taste like sweet acid, but is edible. Mm, now I feel like I know less about this. Um, oh, okay. Apparently they have delariant hallucinogenic tropane alkaloids as well. And they often resemble human figures, so they're freaky. So when you eat them, it's like eating somebody. It look, maybe, well, I mean, you get hallucinogenic, so like you eat half of them, and you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Yeah. Um, oh, I also, yeah, we'll talk about this later because um, the monks kind of came up with the Trappist beer, and those are definitely fake. So we're going to have to look that up. I forgot about that. Okay. Anyways, let's get into the fake part of this, and then we'll talk about um, Trappist beer and how that's faked. So this is something I'll put up on my TikTok if you guys want to watch the actual video. There was footage of how a Chinese factory was making FUD, fake Budweiser beers. Fudweiser beer sounds way better, though, now that I'm saying it. And apparently it'll gross you out. So when you do watch the video, discretion is advised. Okay, so a small factory in China was found making counterfeit cans of Budweiser beer. Um, it was raided by authorities in Dongguan, a city in Guangzhou, Guangzhou, South China, early this month. For as many fake Chinese things that I've went through, I should just learn the language at this point uh, because I keep mispronouncing it. If you guys want to check out my fake Chinese cities, uh, that was an entire episode where I just butchered Chinese names. It was awesome. So footage from the factory um, had emerged and went viral, so um, it's not hard to see why. In the clips, workers dunk used 
hands into a tub of beer with their bare hands to fill them up. So they're just, they are raw handing these beer cans and there's like a Tupperware of beer, beer, and they're just filling up the beer. And then somebody is putting a can topping on it um, and then they get sealed and it's about as gross as it sounds. So according to local reports, the factory was churning out 600,000 cartons of fake beer a month, okay? But it wasn't specified how long it had been operating. So they're just like probably getting used cans, cleaning them, and then selling them back. So um, gross. So the fake beer was allegedly distributed to a lot of bars and nightclubs. And then a Budweiser representative told Hong Kong-based Ming Pao that the company had reported the matter to the police and is seeking legal action. Anheuser-Busch InBev, which also owns Budweiser, has 14 breweries in China and is the third largest beer brand in the country. The represent, uh, representative added it is not franchised its operation to a third party. So, oh my goodness. Um, let's see, what else we got here? <laughs> okay, well, that's basically it for that one, but who, I mean... We can't pretend that this isn't happening now. I mean, if it was happening then, they're just going to switch up and go somewhere else. So we're going to talk about how to identify fake beer. I think the chances of you running into this is pretty low, but if you are over there, it looked like it was distributed to bars and nightclubs, so I'm sure that's still a thing because they could probably get it for a lot cheaper um, because they can make a better profit off of it, um, these companies that are faking it, and then they're putting it into um, these bars, these clubs where people don't really care. They're just cracking open these cold ones at in darkness, so you really can't even see it. But um, okay, so let's talk about how you can identify any bottle of beer that is fake. Um, and again, the chances of you running into this is pretty low, but you know it's kind of good to know this stuff. So just shake the bottle of any beer and then see if it's effervescent, uh, if the bubbles in it, I guess, is going upside down. Then it real. Um, this seems like a really, really bad written sentence. <laughs> so I'm having trouble. I'm not having a stroke, guys. So apparently, just shake the bottle of beer, um, and then kind of see the effervescence of the bubbles. And if it's upside down, it's real. And if it doesn't, then it's fake. I don't know if that makes much sense. Okay. Well, we'll move on because I didn't. That didn't make much sense. And if you're still unable to identify, I guess after that, apparently it's. A lot of these fake beers have kind of a weird coffee ground taste because I don't think they're really brewing. Whatever the beer is, it's not actually like brewed. It's just like a concoction of stuff. And then then it's just like it looks like beer. But it, And then they're trying to like emulate the flavor. So apparently there's a lot of bars um, that are selling these fakes. Um, and they get, the, they get them from weird suppliers apparently. Okay. But again, it's pretty low, you know. But let's talk about... Um, because there wasn't a ton of articles about fake stuff, because uh, fake beer, I should say, because a lot of the fake beer is just on the market. It's not getting actually found out, and it's just happening because they are legitimate cans, legitimate bottles that are being refilled. We talked about fake liquor, and that's the same thing with that. Is it's pretty hard to tell, just because you have to be familiar with what it looks like, um, in the sense of like looking through it at the actual liquid and the same goes for this beer is because the outside's usually real I don't think they're faking that they're actually getting real bottles whether it's like disposed of bottles or recycled But let's talk about fake beer in the sense of Hollywood. So 
Heisler is TV's most popular fake beer. Uh, so we talked about Let's Chips, and this is like a prop that uh, that a lot of TV shows and movies move, use. I think mostly TV shows, just so they don't have to like pay big like big chip companies in order to put their stuff in front of the television screen. So let's see what this is. Apparently Heisler is a fake beer that you've seen Nick Miller drink in New Girl. Also, Detective Jake Peralta has been known to throw a few back on Brooklyn 911 or 99. Um, I guess Steve and Nancy were drinking in Stranger Things before Barb disappeared. And then also, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia to True Detective to My Name is Earl and Dear White People and all the TV shows and movies in between. So apparently, it's got Heisler lettering all over it. It's got a gold trumpet vine, bright red. It actually looks like a really cool beer. Um, So it's the Bud Light of fake beers, apparently, which may have lost its meaning after this um, kind of debacle recently. It's one of 40 different custom fake beer labels, Studio Graphics, the in-house graphics team at the legendary Hollywood Prop House Independent Studio Services has created in the past 40 years. So fake beer is the company's most popular custom design request because of how difficult it is to get product placement from beer and alcohol companies. So most of the time, their product is just being used in a way that's not in the best light, you know? So most beers don't want their beer put into something that's just not controlled, you know, like it's a, maybe a scene to where something's sad or a scene where someone dies, you know, in the next four minutes. So they don't want their, they don't want their Bud Light wiser. They don't want their yingling. They don't want any of that stuff in front of there. So no one's drinking a beer and going to bed. That would be boring is what most people say in these shows. Uh, People are drinking a beer and beating someone up or getting drunk. So they don't want their stuff kind of put into that. And we talked about Apple products being the same Way They don't want ever their stuff being put into a bad light. Okay, so the makers of Heisler don't mind at all. You can bash their beer over someone's head. Um, They make breakaway bottles of Heisler, I guess. Um, And apparently, you know, that's a thing. Fake props, props, we've talked about that. You can also put anything in the bottle of beer. Um, It's filled with non-alcoholic beer. So you can pour it in a glass, pop the cap off the top, and it's going to look just like a beer on camera. So while shooting, actors often prefer to fill their bottles or cans with soda or sparkling water since the taste of non-alcoholic beer can get old fast, apparently. So for a recent shoot, I guess, in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, um, the cast, which has spent a big chunk of its past 12 seasons drinking on screen, put the labels on regular cans of water so they could just drink water without getting sick because apparently they drink a ton of beer on screen um, which is ridiculous. So let's see. Um, I think that's probably all we need to know about that. It's kind of cool to see that, you know, somebody just was like, hey, you know, we're going to make our own beer company and it's just going to be fake. You can put it in whatever light you want it to be and nobody cares. So um, we talked about the history of beer. We talked about um, the footage of the Chinese factory that is producing fake beer. And then we're going to talk about how to make fake beer in the sense of like just how to make something look fake and like beer. So if you're ever like shooting a skit and you don't want or you're underaged is one thing, but you want to, I don't know, put a beer in it or you're shooting maybe an avant card film. They say the best way to do it is Coca-Cola and Mio Sweet. What is this? Uh, like the Mio Liquid Water Enhancer. Use the Sweet T1 with Coca-Cola and it looks friggin spot on. It is like... 
right on it looks like beer so that's kind of a life hack i guess if you want to make fake beer um i do want to look up trappist beer so we're going to look up most expensive actually yeah most expensive expensive so this is usually something we look at um is like what's what's the most expensive beer in the world so we're gonna look up the most expensive beers and um i think trappist beer is probably gonna be on there no doubt um all right, let's go. We've got the 21 most expensive beers in the world. So we've got all number one, which is All Sops Arctic Ale. Oh my goodness. It's $503,000 a bottle. So the bottle of beer was brewed in Staffordshire in England in 1875 for an expedition to Antarctica led by British explorer Sir George Nares. Almost 140 years later, a case of the beer was found at a garage in Sh- Shropshire. The finder placed a bottle of the beer at an auction, which is un- which unexpectedly fetched a price of 933 but the prices went up substantially from there. So when a bottle from the discovered batch was first listed on eBay, the seller misspelled the name of the brewer as Allsops, and the bottle only brought 304 bucks. A few weeks later, the buyer listed the same bottle of ale with the correct spelling of Allsops and got a mind-blowing bid Holy cow. So somebody made it a spelling error just by missing a P and it cost them essentially $503,000. Oh my gosh. They said it's probably not safe to drink 145 a year old beer, but sure it's more I'm sure it's more um collectible as <laughs> like it closed. It's $403,000. Okay. Number 2 is Cantillion Lorik. This is $2,583 a bottle. Mm, it's, let's see, let's see. Um, apparently, it, it's beer, beer that's been aged 10 years, so it's not exactly as old as the last one. Um, number three is Antarctic Nail Ale by Nail Brewing, and this is in Australia. This is $1,500 per bottle. Um, I guess they use water melted from ice collected by the that of the flagship of the Sea Shepherd Conservatory Society. So it's kind of like one of those gimmicky things. I mean, I'm sure the water doesn't taste any different. Interesting. Okay, so number four is Vial Bon Secures Ale. Uh, this is $1,100 a bottle. It's a 12-liter bottle of exceptional Belgian beer discovered in a basement of London's Belgo Restaurant in 2009. It's sold for the equivalent of... $1,100, which the beer is now available on tap for just $33 a pint. I feel like that would be worth it. So next is going to be Decam, 1998. This is $924 a bottle. Belgian brewers Decam and Drie Fontenen created the luxury beer to celebrate a new millennium in 2000. A bottle of the beer sold several years ago at auction for $924. Number six is Lost Abbey Cable Car Crick. Uh, this is $923 a bottle. Um, apparently, this is a Californian ale, and it's got cherries and complex fruit flavors. Oh, yeah, number seven. So this one's another kind of, mm, you know, gimmicky thing. So it's Brewdog End of History Beer. Um, it's $832 a bottle, and it would help you get through the end of the world as you know it, apparently, with a beer that is 55% alcohol. Um, So in 2010, release from Brewdog Brewery in Scotland is a Belgian ale named after a book written by philosopher Francis Fukuyami. 
It was brewed with fresh juniper berries and nettles gathered in the highlands of Scotland. So 11 bottles were made, and that was it. So I'm sure people aren't drinking this stuff again. You know, if there's only 11 bottles, I'm sure people uh, are keeping it as a collectible item. So number eight is a bourbon vanilla Dark Lord Marshmallow Hanji. $711 per bottle, and it's made in Munster, Indiana. Three Floyds um, brew. Apparently, it's got bourbon, chocolate, marshmallows, and vanillas. And it's got a limited supply every year. Um, okay, I want to look for something. I'm kind of surprised Trappist isn't on here. Okay, here's another one. Number 12, Samuel's, Samuel Adams Utopia. So it's $239 a bottle, and it looks really cool. Check up the Utopias beer. So Samuel Adams Utopias is the most expensive beer in the United States. The venerable, um, venerable beer is made with Moravian, Vienna, Caramel, and Bavarian smoked malts and a bunch of different hops that I'm not going to try to pronounce. So it looks like a lot of Brewdog. I mean, going through these, um, Brewdog seems to be the popular one when they're talking about expensive stuff. But I don't actually see any Trappist beer. I'm kind of shocked um, because it seems like those are probably the most faked ones because they, they're made by monks every year, limited supply, um, all that stuff. So, guys, I hope um, you learned something from this. I was excited to make this because I'm not a beer guy myself. But um, it was something that I didn't know people faked, and I liked researching it. Uh, plus, the history of beer is always fun to learn about and the most expensive beers. So, guys, remember the faked items. There are those that produce them, those that purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.